for those that have seen the, the movie, uh, The Wizard of Oz, and probably most of the people in here have seen it, most of the people listening have, have seen that, she, where she clicks her heels and goes, there's no place like home, there's no place like home, there's no place like home. And suddenly the, the, the person tells her that she had those with her all the time, that all the time she could have gone home at any time because she had that with her. She just didn't know it or she didn't take advantage of it. And we think about it as far as being led by God, as far as being, having God encourage us, having God inspire us, having God warn us, having God do whatever he wants to do. A lot of the ways he does that has already been given to us. And some of the times we may not know about it or we may not take advantage of it. And that's through God's, uh, that's through God's word. And you know, there's a, a story about that happened about 90 or 100 years ago. And there was a, a, a young man who was broken down on the side of the road. And so this, this older, more distinguished man, he pulled up uh, by, by him and he, he got out and said, son, can I help you fix your car? And the young man said, no, thank you, I appreciate it, but I've, uh, I'll get it. And the man just went right back to his car and just waited and watched the young man tinker for a little while and came back about 10 or 15 minutes later and said, said sir, can I help you fix your car? And he said, no, you know, you know you're dressed up and everything, you'll get dirty and I'm, I'm about to fix it and thank you anyway. So he goes back to his car again and waits about 10 or 15 minutes and he finally came out and he said, son, let me help you fix your car. And he said, all right, just see what you can do. And the man tinkered with it for just a few minutes. He said, go start your car. And the car started right away. And the young man said, how in the world did you know what to do? And he said, my name's Henry Ford, son. I invented this automobile. (laughs) And you know, no matter what you can talk about anything, any subject that there is, relationships, finances, business, leadership, anything that you can possibly think of, uh, God is the absolute authority on that because he invented it. He created it, whatever that is. Anything good, God created. So so doesn't it make sense that we should go to the one who created it and say, here, what can you do with the car? Here, what can you do? You drive it for a while. You fix it. You you make sure it runs uh, runs properly. And the way we do that, once again, is through through God's word. If you build something, you want to go to the blueprint, right? I mean, if, if you don't go to the blueprint and you try to build a house, good luck. It's going gonna, it's gonna to build something, but it is not going to build a, a house or anything like it could. You go to the blueprint. God's Word is the blueprint for our, for our life. If you want to find out where to go, we get out our GPS, right? We go to the GPS and we find out how to go, for, especially to a place we've never been before. And, and God's Word is our GPS system. We need to understand that. But unlike every other GPS system, uh, every person in here has been led, misled by a GPS system, right? Told you that you want, thought you were going one place and you ended up another place or not where you, you wanted to go. God's GPS system, His Word, will never, ever, ever, ever understand this ever lead us in a wrong direction, ever lead us in the wrong way to, to do things. And, you know, you think about something, too, if, if, uh, if, if you've ever been mentored by anybody. When my friends and I, about three of us, when we first started ministry to, uh, in, the, in, this, in this conference, as very young pastors in our, in our early 20s, mid-20s, something that we did is we got together, we asked one of the, the wisest, most renowned pastor that we knew to gather together with us once a month and just where we, he could teach us and where we could ask him questions. If we're going through a struggle that we could say, what do you do about this? Or this is what we're going through. What, what happens here? What do you do about this? And he had more wisdom in his little pinky than we did in all of our bodies combined, right? And so, so in the same way, understand this. God Almighty wants to mentor you. 
God Almighty wants to lead you and guide you, and you can come to him and we can say, God, how do I deal with this person? God, how do I deal with this family situation? God, how do I deal with, 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 with my finances? God, how do I deal with, with the fact that my heart is broken, and how do I find healing from that? How do, I, how do I go? I feel like I'm being attacked spiritually. How do I battle? How do I battle in spiritual warfare? How do I pray, Lord? What are you like? What am I like? Why am I here? What do you want me to do in my life? All those things are answered. God wants to mentor us in every single one of those questions and any other question that we could ever come, come up with. And, and something else that I have, I have a bag of letters that are incredibly important to me. These letters were written by my mom's first husband. Uh, they were childhood sweethearts in Seagrove, North Carolina. They were literally the class couple. And they got married. And then he got shipped off to, to World War II. And every day, he would write letters to her. These letters are incredibly powerful. They talk about his love for her, their love together, and what he, what they, the, the, what he wants to do in, in life with, uh, with, with her. The, chan- the thing is that's tragic about this, too, is uh, a few days after D-Day, he was shot and killed. But these incredible love letters that, are, that remain, but one thing that we have to realize, too, is God has written this amazing love letter for you and for, for me. And he tells about his love for you. He tells about his love for me. He tells about what he wants to do in life together. And the, the other thing is, this is, is one love letter that will never, ever cease. It always remains true, and it's always written new every day in our hearts. So, so how does God speak through Scripture? I and mean, that's the big thing, is, is what we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about various ways God guides us. And it's going to be exciting. Do not miss this, because you, there's going to be people going, wow, I never realized that that was God speaking to me. And there's going to be ways that God speaks to you that you've never thought of or you've never considered before. But one way that he speaks to us, and the, the way we can be absolutely guaranteed sure that God is speaking to us is through his word. If we're reading things in his word, that is God speaking to us. That's the clearest way you can ever understand that God is speaking to you. And here's the first way to how God speaks to us. First is clear commands. There are a lot of things I don't need to pray about in life. Of, of, I don't have to pray, God, should I lie in this situation? Because God says this, do not lie to one another. If you have finished with the old self and put on a new self in Jesus Christ, we don't have to, have to ask, God, should, should, I have, should I have sex with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Should I, have, should I, should I go after that affair? Because God says, keep your, the marriage bed pure, and marriage should be honored by all. And he said, there, among you, there should not even be a hint of sexual immorality. He said, if Sylvia and I never have to ask, we've never asked the question, should we tithe? Because it's clear that the Bible says that, that um, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, into my storehouse, that there may, may be food in my, in my house. I, and it should, if we never have to ask, you know, that person hurt me. What do I do? How should I respond to that person? Because God says in his word, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. I mean, there are some things that are absolutely clear cut. You don't have to go, I wonder what I should do in this situation because God has made it abundantly clear in his 10 commandments and other things of of what his heart is, of the way we should go, the direction we should have. And don't miss this. Please hear this. The right decision you will ever make, the right decision will never, ever, ever contradict God's word. If you're thinking about, if you're hearing a voice inside, whether it's my voice, whether it's your mama's voice, whether it's your teacher's voice, whether it's society's voice, whether whatever it is, something of of a movie star said, if it ever contradicts God's voice, it is always going to be wrong. 
And you think about this too. There's a lot of really powerful social issues that we're dealing with today, right? I mean, you have to just look at the news and you realize there are, there are big social issues that are, that are coming into our country right now. How are you going to decide which way is right and which way is wrong? How are you going to decide which way you should believe in which of the, those things? Because God is clear on almost every one of those social issues. God is very clear in his, in his word. So again, if, if, if what you're believing about a social issue is different than God's word, may I suggest you're believing the wrong thing. Our belief system should never, ever, ever contradict God's word. I remember one time when I was in, uh, in college and I, was, uh, I had to take the GRE, which is the graduate record exam, in order to go into to graduate school. And I remember we were in one school and we needed to go to Tulsa University in order to, to take the GRE. And we've, we'd never been there before and we thought, well, how are we going to know which way to go? We said, well, we'll just follow the crowd. We'll just follow where everybody's going. And sure enough, there's all these people going in this, in this, uh, this classroom. So we just follow along. We sit there. We hadn't eaten, and they had donuts in the back. And my, my friend and I, I guarantee you, we went through almost a dozen donuts apiece. We were starved. We're snarfing down and everything. And the, the professor comes by, and he, he hands out some scratch paper. And he looks at us, and he goes, morning, boys. And then he walks by, and we're like, what the heck was that about? Why did he spend so much time looking at us? And then he goes this, and then he said, the, uh, the written part of this exam, and we thought, uh-oh, okay, we're in the wrong place because there is no written part of this exam. So, so we go running out as fast as we can, and we barely make it to the right place, I mean, seconds before they close the door. Now, see, our problem is we just followed the crowd instead of going with where we were actually supposed to, to go. And again, you know, here's what Jesus said about following the crowd. He said, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus said, if you want to believe in the wrong thing, just follow the crowd. And he said, and he, so what should we do? He said this in Matthew 7. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, not just hears them, but does them, is like the wise person who builds their house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house. Talk about timing right in the last couple weeks for us. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish person who built their house on sand. The rain came down, the the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against that house, and it fell in with a great crash." The greatest thing you and I can ever do in our life is we can build our our life on the foundation of God's Word. The greatest thing you can do for your marriage is build it on the foundation of God's Word. The greatest thing you can do for your kids is not to give them the best school. It's not to make sure they have a lot of finances, not to make sure they're fantastic athletes. I'm not saying any of those aren't bad, bad, but the greatest thing you can ever do for your kids is instill a love and a hunger for the Word of God in them because that's the foundation that will never, ever, ever let them down in life. Another thing is, is God can and will lead us in, in specific ways through His Word. I can't tell you how many times I usually have a Bible study in the morning and a Bible study at night. When I first wake up, I read the Bible, and I cannot tell you how many times in a day the very thing that I read that morning for a devotion helped me in making a decision later on that day. Or things that I read weeks before or months before, suddenly God brings up and He can apply it immediately to that situation that I'm dealing with right then. In fact, the Bible says this, John, remember we talked about the Holy Spirit, and Jesus said this, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and He will remind you of everything that Jesus has said to you. Now think of this, 
that, that what he's saying is, is the Holy Spirit wants to take what you've read in the Word of God and remind you of that exactly when you need to know it. But here's the problem. If you don't know the Word of God, if you've never given it, gotten into that, then you don't have any, anything with the, you've not given the Holy Spirit anything to remind you of. So it's, that's another reason why it's so important to get in the Word of God so that the Holy Spirit can remind you exactly that, that decision, exactly when you need it. Or sometimes I, in my life, I've gotten specific things about a very specific thing that I've been praying for. Right, opening the Word, and it's like, it was written for me exactly in the situation that I needed at that moment. One example of that that I'll never forget in, in, in my life was one time when, uh, when I was in college, I had an opportunity to either be a youth pastor for a summer or I had an opportunity to go on my first mission trip to, to Singapore. And I'm really wrestling with this. I mean, these were two great, great opportunities. And I'm praying, praying, praying. I don't feel like I'm getting an answer. And he, I, I remember the day I go, God, the answer is yes. I want to be in the center of your will. I'm going to do whichever that is, but you've got to let me know which one it is. You've got to let me know that. And I open up the, the Bible, and here's the verse in, that it came to. It said this in Isaiah 24. It said, they raised their voice. Oh, here's the opportunity. What we were going to be doing in Singapore, would be, we would be doing um, drama and singing, and we would also be uh, uh, preaching there. And it said this, they raise their voices, they shout for joy. From the west, they acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore, in the east, give glory to the Lord. Exalt the Lord, the God of Israel, in the islands of the sea. Now, if you don't know, uh, Singapore is an island in the, in the sea, in the east, and we would be going from the west to raise our voices to talk to, to people about the Lord. For me, I'm raising that and going, it just seemed like God's Holy Spirit just went boink, 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 boink. There it is. There's the question. There's the answer to what you've been wanting to do. And so I went to Singapore that summer. It was amazing. Had opportunities to do things I never dreamed of. I got, we'd speak in front of even tens of thousands of people at a, at a time, went into schools, got to preach it, got invited to preach at the National Cathedral, got to speak at uh, a Supreme Court Justice, invited me to his house with 300 people of the, of, uh, from, uh, from in the, the leadership of their government. And I remember giving the altar call and, and that, that Supreme Court Justice was the first one to, to, to answer an altar call with his, with his tears coming down. And, and so many of us, his friends did as, as well. And that was just a direction of, that I believe God said, God, I need to know. And he opened up the word. I can't tell you how many times I've been hurting or something. And I opened up the word word in, in Psalms. And exactly, I mean, it was like it was written for me that day. I found my voice in David. Uh, you know, you can be in trouble in that too. If you just go to the word of God and just all of a sudden go boink, right? You can just go, and Judas went and hung himself. Oh man. All right, let me try something else. Go thou to do likewise. Oh man. And then what thou do, do us quickly. Oh man, that's just not good, right? You can, you can get in trouble that. But here's the thing. You know, we just... Um, there's sometimes people will say these, these things to me. I don't have the time to get in the Word of God. Let me ask you this. Is that true? We will always make time for the things that are important to us, won't we? What we're really saying, if those words have come out of your mouth or if you're thinking that, what we're really saying, can we just be honest? Can we be real in here? What we're really saying is, you know what? The Word of God is really not that important to me. Otherwise, I'd get into it all the time. And, and sometimes people, people say this, well, I forget, what I, I forget what I read a lot of times. I can't tell you what I had for dinner last Thursday, but it didn't keep it from nourishing me. 
It still nourished me. Even though I didn't know, I don't remember what it was, it still fed my, it still fed my body, and I'm still better for, it, for that. I believe every time I get in the Word of God, even though if sometimes I may forget what I read that day, I know it still gets into my heart, it still gets into my soul, and it still makes me a better, better person. Or how about this? There's people that have said, you know, I fall asleep sometimes when I read my Bible. Well, I have not gotten, I have not gotten mad at my kids one time in their life for falling asleep in my arms. We, we make time for what is important for us. And God has a way of showing up every time, that we, every time that we do that. Another thing is, so there's the direct statements of God, right? But there's also the general principles. These are the principles that God gives, gives a principle. It's not maybe that you can go to a definite chapter or verse to find out the answer to this. But it's a principle that God has laid out in his word. An example for this is uh, this. I think I've given this example before, but there was a, a friend of mine. When I first became a Christian, there was a, a, a friend that I had by the name of John. John was my, had been my best friend since fourth grade, but he was a negative influence in my, in my life. And all of a sudden, there's God, God brought these other three people into my life. They brought Paul and Brent and Thad into my life, incredibly loving, devoted Christians. And I had this choice to make because I knew he was going away from God. I knew he made it clear he didn't want to have anything to do with God. And these guys wanted it. So I had a choice to make. But, but here's the, the choice. You know, how, which way do I do? Because there's not a verse in the Bible that says, thou shalt give it, you know, stop hanging around Jonathan all the time, and thou shalt have to start hanging around Pauleth, right? It's not in there. But what our scriptures are are this. I have scriptures that says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and and wickedness have in common? Or what does light have in common with darkness? Or do not be be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Or there's another, he who walks with the wise grows wise. And he who walks with but a companion of fools suffers harms. And you know what I realize is I realize that God's given a principle in his word that, that it's this, that who I hang around with is going to make a difference in my life, where I'm going. Because where wherever my friends are going is where I'm going to be going too. So I've got to make some decisions to make on that, and I did it by God's principle. And it was amazing as I obeyed things by God's principle that all of a sudden temptations left that, was, that were there before, and suddenly there's this passion for God that, that, that my friends were inspiring that my other friend wasn't, just by handling that. Another thing would be, would be this, that, that we have had classes like uh, the Blessed Life and Financial Peace University, and these were really what these classes are, just principles, financial principles from the Word of God that people started applying to their life of tithing, of getting out of debt, of saving, of being generous, and all of a sudden their, their financial situation is completely transformed because of what? Because they've applied the principles in the Bible that it may not have a direct chapter and verse for where they should invest or how they should get out of things, but, but it's, uh, the principles apply and they put that in and it changed their life. There's a, how about the, the golden rule, where it says, do to others as God, as you would have them do unto you. In other words, what a great principle thing for all of life. What that's really saying is this, if you want somebody to do something nice to you, then do it for them. If you would like somebody to be kind to you in this situation, then you be kind to them in that situation. If you want them to be generous, if you'd like somebody to be generous to you or help you out, if you were going through that, then you help them out since they're going through that. Or don't do, you know, you can take that negatively in the other way. Don't do to others what you would not want them to do to you. You don't want somebody to, to, to backbite you or stab you in the back or to slander or gossip about you, so don't do it to them. You wouldn't want somebody to mess with your junk. You don't mess with their junk. This is just a principle that we apply to life, that our life becomes better as we, as we do that. 
Another principle in there is that we reap what we sow. This is a principle that's found throughout the Bible. And we find this is true, and and we make good decisions that if if we are a kind person and loving person to people, usually people will be loving and kind back to us. If we are generous, God has this way of being generous back to us. If we want want to, if we pour life into our marriage, into our marriage partner, the chances are they will pour life into us. If we pour death into that, the chances are that will return to us. Whatever we pour in is what we get in return. These principles will, will positively affect our life and help us to make decisions in life that are good. Another thing is this, is parallel, parallel circumstances. How do, we, how do you get wisdom in this world? We get wisdom uh, primarily in two ways, either from, from personal experience, uh, our personal experience, or somebody else's experience. Now, let me talk about personal experience. I remember when I was five years old one time, I climbed up a tree. We had a big maple tree in our backyard. I climbed up. It was about six foot. There was a branch that went out, and I climbed out, and I jumped off that branch. Man, that felt cool. You know that, that feeling when you just have that feeling, you jump in space and everything, and it felt cool. So I, went, I climbed up a little higher. I was, remember, I'm five years old. I jumped off higher, and it was, whew, that was even cooler because had, I had that feeling even, even longer for that. So I went up, and I'm finally going about 15, 20 feet in the air, and I'm jumping off. And it was still really cool until I broke my arm. And then, and, and here's the thing I found out, that, that the ground is really hard and my elbow's really soft as I had a spiral fracture from, from there. I learned these things, but it was, it was at a cost that I learned that. Now, imagine if I could learn from somebody else's experience who says this, who said, you know what, I did that, I was jumping up just like you were trying to do, and I, man, I broke my arm, you may not want to try that. And see, I would learn from somebody else's mistakes and somebody else's pain so that I wouldn't have to go through any of my, of my own. One thing that I love to ask people, I've had this opportunity through, through something that a, a, a person has prov- provided uh, in, a, in another church is he chose some hand, uh, a handful of pastors from around our region and he has paid for us to go to conferences, to churches and conferences around the country and around the world. And I love to go, I've had the opportunity to be with some of the greatest spiritual leaders of our, of our country and, other, and really ar- around the world and I love to ask them this question. What would you do the same? What would you say if you had to do it all over again? What would you make sure that you did again? What would you make sure that you did differently? Because you know what? I'd like to learn from their mistakes. I'd like to learn from their successes. I'd like to learn how they did it so we can learn from wisdom. It's a great way to learn. And there are really, hear this, there are two excellent teachers in this world, excellent teachers. One of them is the teacher consequence. She is an amazing teacher. We will learn a lot from her, but the problem is she's mean, okay? Consequence is a mean teacher because what she does is first you, you, pay, you, you, have the, you face the consequences and then you learn the lesson. You get, and she usually teaches you through pain and through suffering. And she will cost you a lot. She charges a ton. Sometimes she charges an arm and a leg, right? Sometimes she charges a reputation, Sometimes she will cost you your marriage. Sometimes she will cost you your family. Sometimes she will cost you finances. Sometimes she will almost always cost you something painful in your life, and she'll teach you first, and then you have to, or you say for the consequences first, and then she teaches you what you should have learned from those. But there's another incredible teacher, and her name's Wisdom. And she also is a brilliant teacher, but she's nice. 
I mean, she's a really, really nice teacher because what she does is she, you first, you first do the, she teaches you first and then you make a decision whether to do that or not. So she, the lesson you learn first, not second, right? So, so there's the, the thing. And also, not only she doesn't cost you anything, she gives you things. She doesn't cost you that. She, she actually, if you do what she says, there will be blessing as a result of that. There will be joy as a result of that. There will be relationship with God and others as a result of that as we, as we do that. And, and let me ask you this question. How many of you would say, and let's just, I mean, really show, how many would say the consequences has taught you something in this world? That you, that you learned something because of, of something? And look at this. If I, could, if I could spend time with every single one of you and, and, and take a moment and say, what did you learn from that? Can you imagine how much richer my life would be? Because I wouldn't have to do the same thing you did. I could learn from your mistakes. I could learn from your pain. I could learn from the things that you did wrong, so I don't have to do that. How much richer would I be? How many of you have learned something that wisdom has taught you, that you did something, you did it right, and you were blessed as a result of that? All right, same thing. Now, if I was to go and ask you the question, if I was to ask you, what did God, you know, what did you learn from that? That, man, I can, I can learn the same thing. I can glean that from you, and it would be incredible, wouldn't it? Think about how much richer I would be as a result of doing the things that you did so I could be blessed in the same way you're blessed. Now, there were, there's somebody in our church that this, this was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, I've ever seen a person do, a man do for, the, for his son. And what he did is he gathered together a lot of, uh, a lot of his friends that, uh, that, that he hand-chose these people to speak to his son. His son came in there on his, on his birthday, and, and he said, and, he's, and this is what we were asked to do, to say, here's some of the life lessons that, that we have learned. And it was an amazing time. I mean, it was really, because it was real, it was raw, it was unscripted, and it was brilliant. I learned so much that day. What, I love the heart of that man, because what he did is he, he brought his son into a place where he could say, here, learn from these men. Learn from these men because these are things you can learn from their mistakes so you don't have to follow their mistakes. You can learn from what they did right so you can follow in their steps in that way in your own particular situation. And you, don't, you can be blessed the way they're blessed. You cannot have to hurt the way they've hurt in life. What a brilliant, brilliant thing. It's one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. And then, uh, but also understand this that God has done the same thing with us. God has hand-chosen men and women. And, he's, and he said, I, my precious son, my precious daughter, I want you to learn from these people. And I've put them together in a book. I've not only put them together in a book, it's actually six, a combination of 66 books that I've put together. And the, the word Bible, literally, it's biblios, and it literally means library. That God has given us a library that we can learn from the people's mistakes, and we can learn from the people's successes. So we can follow their, their successes, and we can learn from their mistakes that we don't, have to, we don't have to do that. And we can come up to these brilliant, amazing people, some of the greatest people that ever walked this planet, and, and do this and say, Abraham, Abraham, will you please teach me about faith? And, and, and Joseph, will you teach me about persevering in the hardest times of life and how you forgive people who have been junky to you? Moses, can you teach me about leadership? Because I'm a leader and I want to learn from what you have to, have to say. David, I want to know, how do I become a man after God's own heart? Please teach me, David. Teach me, teach me. Esther, tell me how I can, how can I, that I can, can have an impact on my generation because I know I was born for such a time as this, just like you were born for such a time as this. Mary, tell me how to be so, so submissive to God's will that you say, God, whatever you want, that's what I'm going to do. 
And, and Jesus, man, I want to get into the gospel. I want to know everything about you. Teach me how to pray, Jesus. Teach me how to love the Father. Teach me how to use those things that why I'm on this earth and the impact that I can have on other people. Teach me everything. Jesus, to teach me everything that you have to offer. Do you understand how much wiser we would be that we, are so, that we will, can, can learn from, from this, the, their mistakes? Samson, teach me what not to do, bro. Teach me how not to be consumed by sexuality that it destroys my life. We can learn from their mistakes. We can learn from their successes if we just take the time to, to do so. It also helps us to learn, know the heart of God. You know, I've done funerals for people before, and, and it was amazing that you've had sometimes, they died in an instant. You know, I mean, they, they, it was totally unexpected. And yet they said this, the people would say, you know what, they want a celebration. Don't make this, it wants to, they would, we want this to be, you know, they'd want to sing happy songs, joyful songs. They wouldn't want this, to, they wouldn't want to buy a really expensive casket, and they'd want their, their remains uh, strewn over the, the beach. You know, or things like this, and I'm like, how do you know that? Because they never said that. They were never around to say that. Why do they know that? Because they know the person's heart. They knew what they would love and what they wouldn't love. And one thing about God, you know, too, in his, in his word is we open up his word. We know the heart of God. We begin to realize the things that God loves and the things that God doesn't love, the things that really turn him on, the things that turn him off. And we also get a different perspective on life. Can you imagine if we could just, how much richer we would be if we just saw all of our world as God sees our world, as sees us? If you've ever gone to the Empire State Building or a big building, you realize, man, it is such a different view up there than it is from walking the streets of New York. You see for the past, you see the present, you see the future, you see it all. It's different than just walking the alleys and walking that. And it's from God's perspective we can start seeing things, start seeing us as he sees it. We can see our world as he sees it. We can see the, what God wants in this world as he sees it, and it helps us make decisions in a, in a very big, big way. And here's regular, understand this, regular Bible study gives us, every time, I, like I said, I open up the Word of God in the morning, almost every day of my life, I, I, in the morning to read the New Testament. Before I go to bed, I open up the Bible to read the Old Testament. I do this for, for a reason. I want at least two times a day for God to be able to speak to me in, uh, and, and t- tell me and direct me and lead me. And, and I know there's, I know there's, um, there's one friend here with that the kind of pokes fun, and I love it, uh, about, he says, I, and nobody, he knows what I'm about to say now. If I could force you to do one thing as your pastor, as your friend, what I would force you to do or encourage, you know, do whatever, whatever word you want to do there, I would encourage you to get into the Word of God every day and have a quiet time where you're praying to God and you're listening from God because it will transform your life. It, will, it is the foundation. One of our, one of our key things of, our, of this church is the, the foundation of our church is the Word of God. It is the foundation of everything that we want to do here. And then, you know, there's a picture, there's a video that, uh, that I think we showed several years ago about some Chinese people receiving the Word of God for the first time. Now, for us, it's amazing. You know, we have access to the Bible in a hundred different ways. What if you didn't? What if you didn't? What would you, and, but watch the love, watch the care, watch the meaning that they knew that they had God's Word in their, hand, in their hands, and watch what they do here. Thank you.
My prayer is that we have that kind of love and that kind of devotion to the Word of, of God. If you're not in the Word of God, I challenge you, I encourage you just to, just to maybe start reading in the, in the New Testament. If you read one chapter of the New Testament every day, you'll read through the New Testament in, uh, in one year. One chapter a day. It takes just a few minutes. If you read four chapters a day of the Bible, you'll go through the whole Bible. You know, we did something called The Story, which is a book. It's, it's written, the Bible is, is written in like a, a novel form. It's really, truly the Word of God. It contains 66% of the Bible, but it's in, in that. And over 1,700 of you bought that book in order to, to read it and get into the Bible for the first time. Maybe this is a call back to love the Word of God. Uh, maybe it's a, a, a call again to say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it the priority in my life or make it the foundation of what I'm believing in the rest of, the, in the rest of my life. And I'm going to sit at the feet of people who go, God, teach me what you want to say. Mentor me, God, through your word. The greatest way that you can ever hear from God is a way that he's already given you. And maybe all we need to do is just say there's no place like God's word. There's no place like God's word. There's no place like God's word. And, you know, uh, I just, I read this, and I just want to share this with you. If you're in the habit of meeting with the Lord daily, it will become easier for you to hear from God. Deliberately choose to seek the presence of the voice of the Lord. That way, after time has gone by and you need to make an important decision, you will ri- already be in the habit of hearing from God. <laughs>